It is Thursday, January 19th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who's been smothered, covered, diced, peppered, capped, but never topped. <laughs> J.P. <laughs> Shadrick! Never. That's a book rule. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday. It is the AF- AFC Divisional Playoff coming up. We've got a busy two hours ahead. Starting with Jaguars Happy Hour, analyst Jeff Lagerman standing by, as is tight end Chris Manhurts. We'll get his final thoughts on last week, but look ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs. A visit to Arrowhead coming up, the loudest place in the NFL. The Doug Peterson Show coming up at 5 o'clock. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach to get his final thoughts about the trip ahead to a place he knows very well, of course. This Jaguars team knows it very well. They played there back in week number 10. Let's start with Doug Peterson. Earlier today, a fast start was not the case last week in the wild card playoff game. It would be key and uh, very much welcomed against the Chiefs. You always try to go into every game and try to start fast. Um, hasn't been that way. Probably going back to the Houston game, uh, probably the the when we got off to a quick start there. But yeah, you, you want to do that and. Um, Games like this, uh, everything's on the line. You want to, you know, you don't want to get behind, especially against, you know, good teams. Uh, it's just not a recipe for success. Trevor Lawrence earlier this week was asked about the noise at Arrowhead Stadium, and of course, it was taken out of context nationally. It's being flashed all over national media outlets over the last day or so. Here's the full answer from the Jaguars quarterback about the noise. Obviously, the environment and the atmosphere we're going to play in is one of, if not the best in the NFL. I mean, I can't imagine it'll be much louder than our fans were here on Saturday, honestly, but that was when we were on defense, not offense. So you, you, we played there earlier in the year, but this is a little bit different. You know, it's a playoff game, divisional round, um, so the stakes are higher, so I expect them to be even crazier, more packed stadium. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, you just gotta, you gotta go play and you gotta make sure you communicate. That's the one thing. We gotta get in and out of the huddle we got to get the line of scrimmage so we have time to communicate because everything naturally takes a little longer when it's loud. So everybody takes one little piece out of that answer and uh, flashes it all over uh, ESPN and everywhere else. All the press conferences and locker room availability on Jaguars.com. More with Doug Peterson, of course, at 5 o'clock on the Doug Peterson Show. And the Duval Divisional Watch Party has been announced. It's Saturday, of course, at Daly's Place, presented by Farah and Farah and Patron Tequila. The lots open at 3 o'clock. Gate 1 opens at 3.30. The game kicks off at 4.30. Reserve your free seats at jaguars.com. Also, tomorrow morning, a send-off, 9.30 to 11.30 on the west side of the stadium. You can send the Jaguars on their way to Kansas City. Come out early tomorrow. We welcome in Jeff Lagerman and Jaguars tight end Chris Manhurts. Here we are. Still playing football, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, great, we're still playing football, so all's well in the building these days, and we'll get to this Chiefs game coming up, but, I mean, come on, 27 down in the first half, five giveaways, four of those on offense, uh, and you won the game. That that has never happened in NFL history, the minus five turnover deal, third largest comeback ever. We've seen the sounds of the game, some of the stuff behind it, but you're in the midst of this thing. At what point did you think that this could really happen? I mean, to be honest with you, um, 
obviously not the most ideal way to start a game um, in the first half. But uh, I have to credit uh, Trevor. I have to credit everybody, the coaching staff, all the players uh, on this team. Uh, everybody was poised throughout it all. Um, and, and that just speaks to the resolve that we have on this team, the leadership that we have in, on this team, and just knowing that the game isn't over until, you know, the clock says 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah, there was, I think, a lot of people probably counting you guys out at halftime, even though you got a score, which was critical. Defense comes out, gets a stop. You guys take it down and score, and then score on the ensuing four possessions. I mean, uh, what, what, a, what an amazing game. And uh, just so many different levels of excitement for you guys throughout this game at what point did you feel like there's no way we're going to lose you know what to be honest with you I can't think of a, a, a particular moment all I could recall is just the momentum that we had especially like you said that uh, the last touchdown of the half by Evan uh, we went into the half uh, knowing and the message throughout the whole locker room was just just keep plugging take things one play at a time and you know do the things that we could control and ultimately you know we did that and we we ran away with a victory there was a, a big key play there towards the end fourth and one yeah and uh, you call time out because you guys didn't like the look that you had previously you end up Having the coaches talk about it with Trevor on the sideline, you come back out there and you're lined up in the backfield in a three-back three, uh, three back set, kind of like the old wing T, right? Yeah, I mean, the T formation. Take us through the play, Chris. I mean, everything about that play and formation, uh, I guess from a defensive perspective, they were probably thinking that, uh, you know, we was going to do some type of QB sneak or, you know, shoot the inside gaps. But um, we were. That was the plan. But, you know, um, ETN just saw an opportunity to take it on the edge and use his – Great God-given ability and hitting the edge uh, around with speed and, and just making a very instinctive play again. You know, um, that's that's one of those things that I've I've been saying from Jump Street about him. You know, once he puts his foot in the ground and hits it, you know, it, he's rolling. Yeah, a lot of people are thinking, okay, that Trevor's going to run the sneak and then you and Farrell, the tight ends in the backfield, would help push as well as Travis. Help push. He put a guy on his rear end. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, on the re replay we're but on jaguars.com. But if you go back and you look at the formation, and I remember looking at it and I went, Travis is just a slight hair behind the two tight ends. And I said, I think they're going to – and then the ball was snapped. And then, sure enough, there goes Travis around the outside because it's hard to see that when you're a defensive player. But up, I'm up in the booth where I was at, you could see that Travis was just a hair behind you guys – to allow him the clearance to be able to get around. You get a great block on the outside on Kyle Van Noy and crush him. And then you know that Zay Jones, right on the outside of you, ends up cracking on the safety and does a great job, which is amazing. Wide receivers blocking like your guys do. I mean, just total team effort overall. Yeah, and it, it takes everybody, you know, beyond the tight ends, beyond the O-line. Like you said, the wide receivers play a big part in our run game as well, and I'm just glad that uh, everyone executed their job at a high level. All right, so it's fourth and one at that moment. You're at the 41. I mean, this is do or die. So you, you guys get the play call after the timeout. You know, what's going through the huddle at that moment? You know, at that point, you know, I, I could recall in the huddle, you know, Trevor looking all of us in the eyes and saying, guys, this is the season right here. You know, let's go get this thing. And, uh, you know, that was just enough for us to, to, to go out there, bow up, and – you know, just make a play. And I'm just glad that it, it happened the way that it did. You've been around the league for a number of years, Travis Etienne. It's only his second year, first year playing, and he has the awareness to not go out of bounds. I mean, that's 
I mean, I don't know if he was coached up before the play or, or what, but I mean, I mean, you're talking about being fundamentally sound. I thought that was a perfect display of awareness by Travis. Yeah, having the presence of mind to do that in that particular situation in the game. Hats off to Travis, but I also have to give a lot of credit to our coaches because they put us through various scenarios throughout the week um, in every situ- situational football play or situation in the game that might come up. So we, we get drill those things on a weekly basis. And, um, you know, at that point for him, it was probably second nature. All right, so I want to take you back to one other play because uh, it was the two-point conversion. Okay, and you know Evan Ingram's assignment on the play. Okay, you're a tight end. You might get called, you know, out to maybe do that at some point. Maybe, maybe Maybe, not. Okay, when Trevor and you guys are aware of what the play call is on the sideline, when you saw Trevor take the snap and then do the old Superman across the goal line, what was your thought process? I mean, my thought process was a quick, oh, no, oh, yes. You know, it was one of those (laughs) things, but like I said, Great instincts by Trevor. You know, he, he made the play, and I, I'm glad that he got in there and, uh, you know, didn't – nothing unfortunate happened, I For, would say. To let people know, when I was watching the play and I saw him dive, I was like, something didn't look right. You know, because you got two offensive linemen. You got Sheriff and Fortner that are pass blocking. And then after the fact, you go back, you watch the film, and you see that there's clearly a little design play on the left side to Evan Ingram and Trevor's diving through two guys pass blocking. I was going, oh, my gosh, he just did that. Yeah, and he, he <laughs> saw an opportunity, and you, I can't fault him for it because we yeah. scored. You know? So I'm just glad it all worked out. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, all of us, all of the above. But that play, I mean, it, t- it put all the pressure on the Chargers. I mean, you're talking about puckering up. I mean, you guys get that two-point conversion. Now, all of a sudden, field goal wins it. I mean, that just I mean puts even more pressure on the Chargers. And that was I, – I, when, I, when I saw that play happen, that was the moment for me. And I said, this team's not going to lose. There's no way. Right. And that, and that was our mentality, like I said, throughout the whole – even whatever you want to call what transpired in the first half. We, we just have an unmatched um, – what I would call just just will um, to, and positivity throughout the whole situation, whether that be people on the sideline, players, defensive players coming up to Trevor, giving them that, him that assurance, that confidence that, that we have his back. So um, it, it was just great to be a part of. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and Chris Manhurts. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Let's move it ahead now to Kansas City, a place you guys know from back in Week 10. We just heard Trevor Lawrence uh, – talking about the noise in the place and he's getting called out by a bunch of national media types taking that one little bite about it's oh not as you know jacksonville was as loud but yeah, it's you, loud it's noisy there it's what it is chris right i mean it's the loudest place in football how do you guys handle that environment i mean i could confidently say we've been there before uh, we played them uh this season at some point so we know exactly uh what we're in for, what we're going up against, the type of team that we're going up against. So I'm just glad that at least uh, we played them before and uh, guys are now more acclimated to that type of environment. You guys are practicing all week long with the noise. Okay, that would let people know one way that you kind of get yourself ready is to try to simulate the environment you're going into. And in practice today and yesterday, you guys are piping in this loud white noise. It's just... I mean, it's like it sounds just like something it. from Dumb and that? Dumber, but it's I mean, it's so loud you can't even talk. 
And uh, if there is ever a way to practice, I mean, at least getting the practice in that kind of environment has got to help. Oh, it only helps. And uh, we know it's going to be loud. Um, so Coach does a great job in, in, in trying to put us in situations where obviously we're uncomfortable in practice, but once the game comes around, it's, it almost feels like second nature. Did you uh, see the forecast? Heard it's going to snow a Possibly little bit. Possibly a little bit Maybe. of snow, yeah. Mid-30s. No Snow's better than rain. No big deal. You know, um, I, I feel like a, a environments like that or distractions like that uh, will only a bit be a big deal if you make them. So we, those are things we can't control, but um, we're, we're just excited to go out there and just play some ball. Keep playing football. That's the whole goal. Let's move ahead now to the Chiefs defense. You've seen them once this year. It starts up front, and it starts with the big guy in the middle, Chris Jones. What stands out about the, the veteran defensive lineman? I mean, the guy's a disruptor, to be honest. He's he's good in um, both phases, run and pass. Uh, and he's, he's long, he's strong, uh, and he has a great motor for being a big guy. So I know uh, – Particularly as a tight end, I might not see him from a matchup standpoint, but I know that guys on the inside um, definitely have their their, their work cut out. For yeah, them. Doug was talking this week, Logs, about you got to have four hands on this guy, and sometimes that may not even be enough, right, Chris? Yeah, for sure. He's a he's a good player. I tip my hat off to him, but at the same time, I'm fully confident in our line and what we're capable of and what we've been shown we're able to do. So it should be a fun matchup. Yeah, going back to watching uh, the previous matchup, uh, he was a force in that game. And in the last three games, I think, he's had four and a half sacks to close the season out. I mean, this guy's gotten hot. There's not many defensive tackles in the league that ever, ever get 15 and a half sacks. I mean, this is a rarity. This guy's a rare blend of of power, size, length, speed. He's got it all. And yeah, and like uh, like you said, by the way, you got four hands on you? Yeah, I got I got enough. You got enough? I think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty good now, but he's not the only guy. Okay, the Chiefs have really fast flow linebackers. Okay, Bolton and uh, Gay, I believe their names are inside, and and the Will linebacker, really good players, but also on the edge, and that you're going to be facing Frank Clark, who. Uh, didn't play the last game, I don't think, against you guys. I think he was inactive. And then Carlos Dunlap. And these guys are kind of two different types of players, aren't they, for you? And I know you may have to block both of these guys. And when you kind of approach these guys, it, it's a little different approach, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little bit bit different, especially a guy like uh, Dunlap. He, he's been around for a while. Uh, he's a longer longer guy, a uh, taller guy. Um, but – He's he's a savvy vet, you know. He's he he's he's decent in the run game as well. He's he wants to pass uh, rush the passer. So uh, we definitely have to have a plan for those guys. And more than anything, I'm just excited to, you know, for the matchups altogether. Whether it's my matchups, whether it's for the inside uh, with the O lineman and uh, in, in Chris Jones. So it's just an exciting time. It certainly is. Uh, confidence is sky high in that locker room. Just walking through there the last few days, it feels like and. And rightly so. You guys are on a roll right now. So, um, got to carry that over. And, and you're the enemy this week on the road, Arrowhead, playoff game. But that brings you guys closer together. It could, right? Definitely will. Um, and like I said, we've been here before. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not the first situation or adverse situation we've been in over the course of the season. So, uh, you know, the guys will be ready. 
the last couple of weeks we talked about that long wait Saturday night, right? That uh, the eight fifteen kick. Nice to have a four thirty kick this week. I like that a lot. Yeah, me too. Get <laughs> a, a good lot. breakfast in, maybe a workout. I mean, for me, not you. you know, <laughs> okay, so working out before the game. Okay, and then uh, for you guys, you get to have a nice breakfast, sleep in a little bit more. I mean, as a player, that was probably my favorite kickoff time was the four o'clock kicks, just because you never felt rushed. Right. In the morning, you know? It's, it's, it's a happy medium in between, you know, the early game, the 1 o'clock game, and the primetime 8 o'clock game. So, um, for me, I just want to wake up and play ball. That's that's the way I'm wired. That's the way I operate. And, and, and once I wake up on game, t- game day, I'm just I'm just wired and ready to go. I got, got to get your thoughts on, on one guy in particular because I, I know you're not going against him. But uh, as a tight end, you've got to, I'm sure, appreciate what Travis Kelsey – is doing in Kansas City. He just completed his 7,000-yard receiving season. He's a, a dominant player, um, and I'm sure you probably watch him on film many times just to watch and appreciate the player he is. Yeah, he's one of those guys that changed the, the tight end position and, and the way it's viewed. And I know him personally. Um, I've been uh, a part of the tight end U, tight end university um, summit uh, these past two years and got got a chance to talk to him, be around him, and – you know, there's a reason why he's he's been able to do what he's been able to do for so long, uh, just from a technique standpoint, his knowledge of the game. And it's just a credit to the, the work he's put in and um, definitely one of those guys that, you know, he'll, he'll probably end up being one of the better tight ends this game has ever seen. So Yeah, I mean, his numbers are, are right on par with what you're talking about. I mean, it's just incredible. He's like the fastest tight end ever to 10,000 yards receiving. Seven consecutive thousand yard receivings has never been done before, and he doesn't look like he's slowing down. No, not at all. That's the scary part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, he slows down yeah, Saturday. Let's start Saturday <laughs> with that, Logs. Um, hey, good luck to you. Safe travels. Bring back another W, and let's do this again next week. How about Appreciate that? Appreciate it. See you next week. Chris Manhurts, Jaguars tight end, is with us. Plenty more ahead. We are off and running on Tension XL AM, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media. Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube on this Thursday. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. I think quarterbacks, coaches, we, you know, we're measured on championships, you know, uh, especially in, in our league. And, um, you know, Trevor's 1-0 in the postseason. So, you know, that's a start. Not where he, obviously, or, or myself, where we need to be or want to be, but it's a start in the right direction, you know, just much like this season has been for us. And um, you just want to be at the end of each year. You want to be in the conversation. You want to have those meaningful games. You want to be playing for the AFC South, giving yourself an opportunity to get in the postseason. And then you got to win postseason games. And that is a measure of, you know, quarterbacks, I think, in the league, but ultimately, you know, you have to win the you have to win the championship to, to really, you know, take that next step. That's head coach Doug Peterson earlier today. The full press conference available on Jaguars.com. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday. And Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. JP Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to Chris Manhurst, Jaguars tight end, has been with us the last few weeks. Well, about four weeks now or yeah. so. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's very insightful, and uh, I appreciate him because uh, I like I like watching him play. He's an excellent blocker. 
excellent blocking tight end. I'm disappointed, though, that he didn't get one more ball thrown his way this year. <laughs> so the year's not over. Well, no, I, well, I know, but I mean, ah. for a, a personal season high, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. he would have had to have had it in the Tennessee I game, think, and he just needed one more for a I career high. I guess that he would give that up for a, a playoff touchdown. I think he is perfectly content to be where he is, <laughs> That's no doubt. right. The Divisional Watch Party, the Duval Divisional Watch Party, coming up Saturday at Daly's Place, presented by Farah and Farah and Patron Tequila. And Farah and Farah is the official personal injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The parking lot's open at 3 o'clock. Gate 1 opens at 3.30. The game kickoff time is 4.30, and you can reserve free seats. You must reserve your free seats at jaguars.com. And then also tomorrow morning logs, a send-off to, to send you to the airplane. Uh, yeah, to sure. Kansas yeah. City. They're, yeah, they're going to come see you at 930 to 1130 on the west side of the stadium. You can send off the Jaguars as they make their way to the airport. Do not go to the airport for this, no. by the way. Stay, no. Come down here to the stadium. No, and, uh, uh, and also the uh, – uh, it'll be it'll be fun. It's a great way for the fans to kind of be a part of it. I remember going back to 1996 when we beat Buffalo and we came back and we landed. And at that time, we would take the buses as players to and from the airport. And so as we're leaving the airport to come back to the stadium, the airport road was literally lined with people <laughs> and trucks and right. cars and, and people celebrating and they just had to have some way of just showing their support and energy towards the victory that we got in Buffalo, and it was incredible. And then the following week was when they encouraged people to go to the stadium instead of the airport. We saw that again uh, in 2017, of course, after the, the game in Pittsburgh. Everybody came down for that. Um, you know, it, Those things it's, for, as it's a, fun, man. As a player, I mean, when you, when you see that excitement, it's just it's cool. You know, it's, it's – uh, takes you back a little bit to I don't want to say high school but the college you know where yeah. people are fired up and you know and this city's alive right now with with Jaguars fever and I that's was, awesome I was gonna say how many other cities in the league would do that kind of thing I, you know it's not a uh, there might be some well I'm Buffalo's sure I'm sure some one. of them do it but you know the, the reality is look it, it's winning has been kind of hard to find around here so right. you know the fan base is really enjoying it as they should and uh, I was talking to – I did an interview with Bob Papa yeah. yesterday and yeah. Charlie Weiss, and, and Bob is the play-by-play guy for the New York Giants, but he also hosts a show with Charlie Weiss on Sirius XM uh, NFL Radio. Well, Bob lives down in Nocatee, yes. okay, and then flies up to New York or wherever to do the Giants games, and, and he was telling me the story that he was coming back from the Giants game, and he landed in Jacksonville, and he said as soon as hit the ground and – uh, they turned off the fastened seatbelt sign. He said they had a guy stand up on the plane and just go, Duval. <laughs> and he said as soon as he said it, he said the entire plane just echoes the Duval chant. And he said it was incredible. But that's, I mean, that's where the city is at right now. It's, it's, uh, it's boiling over in teal, and it's fantastic. Jaguar gear everywhere you go. The grocery store, Publix, where oh, shopping is yeah. a pleasure, to the watering hole, to the, the restaurants. I mean, it's, it's fun, man. It's, it's cool really stuff. Cool. And, it's, uh, you know, and I'm, just, I'm glad that, that you know, a lot of the employees here, a lot of the fans get to experience this because you know, there's, we, there's a lot of newer fans that really haven't had that opportunity. And so it's, it's cool, man. It, it takes me back to the days of old which is uh, a lot of happy days and happy times for Jaguar fans. 
Let's come back in a moment. We'll get into this matchup a little deeper. The Chiefs and the Jaguars coming up in the AFC Divisional Playoff game. It's a Saturday 4.30 kickoff time from GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. And PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. There's more things that pull you away from your job, you know, and what you're what you're focused on. And um, yeah, I think it can be a little bit more of a distraction, especially going on the road. But you know, it, it, for me, it's about keeping everybody together, you know, at the hotel and, and the meetings and how we do things and handle things. But I also want the guys to enjoy these times too. These are they don't come around very often, and anytime you get a chance to play in the postseason. Um, it's a great accomplishment for your, for your guys, so I do want them to, to also enjoy uh, these opportunities. Doug Peterson, of course, Jaguars head coach on the opportunity ahead of this Jaguars team at Arrowhead this week, a road playoff game, and welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Uh, thanks to Chris Manhurts, Jaguars tight end, joining us in the opening segment. Five o'clock today is the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach and get his final thoughts ahead of the AFC Divisional playoff game. Well, Patrick Mahomes has eight playoff wins in his career. The Jacksonville Jaguars as an organization have eight in their Mm. history. So Patrick Mahomes gets Trevor Lawrence, who's playing in his second career playoff game. They won't face off against each other. Obviously, that's the quarterback matchup. And two of the eight quarterbacks in the playoffs now that they're all 29 years or younger it feels like Patrick Mahomes has been around forever already. He's 27 yeah, he's years young. old. Yeah, right? They're going to yeah. be around for a long time. And, boy, this is um, – they've seen Mahomes before. I think that at least you've seen it in person. doesn't mean it's any easier to defend from Week 10, but uh, here he is again. Yeah, and it's not going to be easier. Uh, Andy Reid's had a, a bye week to be able to add a maybe a little – Wrinkle or two to his offense. How about Andy Reid's twenty-seven and four coming off a of bye week in his career? Hmm. Well, this is not really a bye week, is it? Yeah, I'm, he was, just, I'm they trying were to think positive. Yeah. They were off last week. <laughs> I was trying to that think includes positive. the the playoff bye. Well, so, so look, yeah. he's got four losses. Okay, let's uh, let's make it a good like even total number. You know, put that at five, and so then twenty-seven and five would be nice. It right? would be nice. Yes. Now, he's a great coach. He's a great coach, and he's a, an innovator on offense. And, yes, I know that he has an offensive coordinator that calls plays, but Andy is instrumental in, in the play design and the calling as well. And I don't know if there's a better offensive coach in the league. I mean, he truly is innovative. I mean, he comes up with stuff that you go, wow. And I think against the Raiders, they had something new this circular merry-go-round huddle thingy that they did against the Raiders and caught him off guard a little bit. Yeah, in the red zone especially, he'll get creative with this kind of stuff with the pre-snap and uh, the motions and and everything that comes with that. But But, but here's the basis, okay? The basis is is that Andy Reid has Patrick Mahomes. You can do a lot more of that stuff when you have 15 throwing it around. When you have the number one rated quarterback, the guy that can throw it from any angle, any way you want, 
got touch, velocity. Oh, oh, and by the way, he's athletic and mobile and and does a lot of creative things on his own by extending the play with his legs. I mean, he's 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 a handful. So ask me, JP, how are the Jaguars going to stop him? Hey, uh, Jeff Lagerman, how will the Jaguars stop Patrick Mahomes? Well, here's what you got to do. Okay. Okay. First and foremost, you have to be fundamentally sound. So you have to make sure that your entire defense is on the same page. You can't have breakdowns like you did in Week 10, okay, where you had Travis Kelsey running with the nearest defender about 15 yards away. You can't have that. You have to be assignment clean. You have to be – I'm not saying you don't, you don't have to be perfect with from an execution standpoint, but you have to make them earn everything. You have to tackle well. They're going to make plays, and that's okay. But if you minimize the damage that the plays have, then you're better served lining up again and making them earn another down. And that's what you have to do. And then also you have to find a way to pressure Patrick Mahomes. And however you do that, whether you do it with a four-man rush, whether you do it with a five-man rush, whether you do it with a zone dog, whether you do it with a cover zero blitz, However you do it, you've got to find a way to make him uncomfortable. But you can't allow him to run around wild because he will make you pay. The one difference, I think, from last year to this year with him, he doesn't have the greatest deep threat in the league anymore with Tyreek Hill. That's impacted him in a a big way. And I think it's impacted his numbers, and I know you've got some numbers that you can share with Patrick Mahomes without being pressured, Patrick Mahomes being under pressure. You know, in the past, he's actually been better against Blitz than he was just standing there. And that's when he had Tyreek Hill. Which is weird, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, this year, his passer rating without pressure is 119. Pretty good. Really good. That's uh, That that would be number one in the league. His passer rating with pressure – in the 2022 regular season, 57.7. That's yeah. a 61-point decline. That's a losing number. It's the third largest decline in the NFL this year behind Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. And those numbers, just so that we can make sure that we're being open and honest, they don't explain exactly what pressure means. Does it mean that they've got somebody that beats somebody in one-on-one pass rush, or is it a five-man pressure or greater? They don't really clarify that. But we get the point. The point is, is that if you can get Patrick Mahomes off the spot, you've got an opportunity to be able to have an impact in the ball game. But so, if your assignment clean, you tackle well, you make sure you have no open guys running down the field, you've got a chance if you make them earn everything that they can get. You know that that one thing you just mentioned, guys running open down the field. It felt like that happened a lot in Week Ten. Well, it there did. were guys wide yeah, open. It did. If you if you'll remember, you had uh, Travis Kelsey running a crossing yeah. route. There was nobody anywhere near him, and then you had a across the field formation, and it was um, the newly acquired wide Kadarius receiver Tony. Uh, yeah, Kadarius Tony right. on a little swing route. There was nobody on literally. Anywhere within twenty yards. Of I him, think. The, I, think, it I was. think there was at that point. I remember a stat. He. I think he was the most open receiver in the league in that it, it, through week ten. And that's when he hopped he, down the sideline into like the, in the end in zone. The flat. It wasn't like he was downfield. Right. Like what? So you you can't have those plays. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so that's why I mean you got to be assignment clean. But here here's the other thing the defense can do. Root for the offense when they have the ball. 
to 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 hope that they and root them on and putting some plays together, putting drives together, putting plays together, so it keeps Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, and then you want to score touchdowns on the end of those sustained drives. Jags have had plenty of defensive changes since Week 10 as well. They were still trying to figure out the secondary a little bit, Devin Lloyd in that game. How is it different yeah, Devin now? Lloyd was lost in that game. Well, how is it different now for this defense? Well, the they got Darius Williams is now outside, and they got they kind of flip-flopped that corner in the nickel position as far as responsibility. They, uh, I think he's starting to get better performance out of Devin Lloyd. Muma's been playing a little bit more, and actually he's been doing pretty good lately. So, And actually both of them have been doing a better job. So you know, you've, you've improved from that aspect, and you've got to continue to improve. And I, I think also now you're starting to get some consistent pass rush, especially lately. Trayvon Walker, I thought, had a good game against the Chargers. I thought Josh was solid again. Josh has been playing really well the last you know four, five, six weeks, maybe somewhere in that range. So you've got to continue to get that. I think Arden Key has been key. I mean, not to use the same last ah, name, but I ah, see what you did there. No, but he was good. Now this past game, you know, he didn't have the numbers to back it up, but he was just so disruptive and he created opportunities for other guys, and that's what you want to have. Somebody's got to be that guy, and I think Arden Key has been has been really good. A big Roy was outstanding last week. The tackle for losses, oh, yeah. you know, he's been really good the last couple of weeks. So th- those kind of performances need to happen again against the Chiefs, and and here's why: it's Patrick Mahomes, yes. But it's not just Patrick Mahomes. Look, they got a really good offense with really good talent. How do you slow down Kelsey? Keywords, slow down. Yeah, because you're not going to stop him. And you're going to have to double him. And you're going to have to lean a safety his way, which means you're going to take some attention away from another aspect of your coverage. But that's what you have to do because he's that good. And, uh, you know, you, you hope that – Cisco and Ray Sean, those guys will see plenty of Travis Kelsey. The linebackers will see plenty of Kelsey. They just got to do a good job. And when you're playing zone and Kelsey's going from one zone to the other, you have to anticipate and match him in your zone. And that's not easy to do because Kelsey is, look, he is who he is for a reason. Okay. He puts season after season together. He's really good. And it's going to be a challenge to stop him. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back with a closer look at the Jaguars' offense and how they match up against the Chiefs' defense and the injury report. Game statuses are in, Logs. Mm. Breaking news. Statuses? Statuses. Statuses. Status. Either way, we're back with them. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. You guys, neither one of you know the answer to that. Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday. The AFC Divisional Playoff game coming up Saturday at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. It's a 4.30 Eastern kickoff for the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're watching on Jaguars.com or Jag social media, we're taking a live look outside. Partly cloudy afternoon, and that is the Miller Electric Center. It's under construction. It is going up quickly. 
It will be open for business in the summertime at some point, and the expectation is to have training camp right there on those practice fields. Uh, boy, it's been it's been fun to watch that thing go up and go quickly. And uh, the Jags, you know, maybe they'll put the Lombardi Trophy in the uh, in the lobby of the slow, new place. Slow down, JP. Wouldn't that be something? Slow down. Come on, Logs. That's what we're here for. One game at a time, JP. I'm with you. It's a divisional game. Let's uh, let's just you know let's concentrate on this game and worry about this one. Okay, Mahomes hasn't lost one yet. Yeah, that's true. So let's just you know. Okay. This game. Tap the brakes. Live in the moment. Be one where your feet are. One at a time. One at a time. Brick by brick. That's right. The uh, divisional, uh, I keep saying it, the Duval divisional watch party is coming up Saturday. Of course, at Daly's Place, presented by Farah and Farah and Patron Tequila. Lots open at 3 o'clock. Gate 1 opens at 3.30. The game kicks off at 4.30. Reserve your free seats now. Jaguars.com. Should be packed. I've heard people talking about this all week long as well. They should well. open the gates up earlier than that for tailgating. I, I don't know the rules behind that. I know the, right? uh, the Jaguars and the city of Jacksonville we, are going we, in together on this we, thing. Can we call Chad and say, hey, Chad, man, hey. can we get the gates open up for the fans a little early? I mean, what's wrong with a little tailgating? Uh, that's Jeff Logman. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, it is sponsored by. Uh, I'll stay in my lane, JP. I'm just. I just. Hey, it's what it is. It's going to be cool though. I know that. Uh, I know a lot of people that are planning on coming down to it. And uh, Daly's place, you know, the the South Enzo Bud Zone. I think is kind of all that is all kind of together. It's going to be cool. It'll be awesome. And of course, Friday morning, a send off 9:30 to 11:30 on the west side of the stadium. That's by the. Uh, on the side where the Jaguar statue is, the touchdown statue right there. So uh, send off the Jaguars on their way to Kansas City. Are you coming? To? The send off tomorrow. I'll be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, you're, you're going to be here I mean, working, it's like right? every other every other day you guys leave. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. All right. Just Absolutely. making sure. <laughs> just making just like sure. like every other Friday. We've got to make sure that you're here. I mean, uh, I want to change up any mojo. Why would I change it now? You I can't mean, change the mojo. So, folks, listen to me now. If you wore a pair of certain underwear last week on Saturday, wear the same thing again this Saturday. If you got a certain favorite Jaguar shirt, wear that Jaguar shirt again, okay? We, gotta, we cannot break mojo. And I'm not talking about Maurice. Maurice. Yeah, he was on drive time this week, by the I way. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Um, all right. Hey, um, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence had the heard worst – well, he had the worst performance arguably in Jaguars history in the first half and then followed it up with one of the best performances in Jaguars history in the second half. And really, at the end of the first half of that final drive, it's all in one game together. And I don't – I, I don't think I've seen anything like this before. Yeah, and if uh, if I, I broke the numbers down a little differently, those are first half, second half. If you break it down after the fourth interception, yeah. he was 24-31 for 241 yards and four touchdowns. Before the, uh, before the last interception or, or from the beginning of the game until that fourth interception, he was four of 16 for 30 yards and four interceptions. Incredible. So only 30 yards passing – up until that point, he threw that fourth pick. I mean, it was a struggle. And two of them were on him. One of them was a tip. One of them probably a wide receiver. And uh, and then, of course, the the one that's not credited to him, which obviously had nothing to do with him, the muffed punt that happens to land right on Chris Claybrook's, hel- Claybrook's helmet. And the Chargers were able to recover and have great field position. I mean, it was at that point, it was like, <laughs> can anything go right? 
that was that was the one you were just like, oh no. And I was sitting there, JP. I was going, nobody's ever won. Right. And I didn't know that, but I was sitting there saying but to myself, it had to be true. Nobody right? has ever won with a turnover differential of minus five. They're, they're, so this team's got to find a way to get back in it with takeaways, turnovers. And the fact that they won it without getting a takeaway and scoring on every possession, I mean, five straight scoring possessions, I mean, it's just it's unheard of. It was a perfect game in the it second was, half. It was awesome. Unreal. I, I mean, I, I get home. I know you were – I was listening to you on the drive home, mm-hmm. and you signed off the air before I got home. <laughs> I mean, Joe, okay – we're all texting at like two, two thirty in the morning. Yeah, Joe's up, eating pancakes. I was up late at three. I got a tequila or two at two thirty or so in the morning, and just just wired. You know, like let's go. I was, I was going through all the videos on Twitter and stuff. It was awesome, man. It was the How were the pancakes, Joe? Oh, oh gosh. they were delicious. You know, it's funny though. Um, about three o'clock on NFL Network, they showed the game. Yes. So my wife and I were still up. We're watching, but it was twenty-seven nothing. So we went to bed. They turned it off. <laughs> ah, they're never going to come back. Unbelievable. That's a good one. That's a good Unbelievable. One. All right. So moving it ahead now. Uh, he spread the wealth on those touchdowns. Four different players caught touchdown passes in the game last week. That's kind of been the the story of the season. They spread things out. If it's one guy in uh, a week, it could be another guy that stands out the next week. It took. All hands on deck last week to get it done. Well, I, so gonna, what's the what's the matchup that you you like this week? Well, let me let me first go to those touchdowns because I think there was something that was unique for every one of the touchdowns that were scored, and we got to start with Evans, which was the first one before the half. Yep. What a great route that he had on that because he runs up the field and then he breaks a sharp in route towards the backer to freeze him. While that is going on, he's got two wide receivers running in and then pulling the safeties away so that. Evan can break that in route and go vertical. And so you're trying to keep the safeties away as much as possible. So, I mean, a great job by Trevor, great route by Evan Ingram. The next touchdown, Marvin Jones, that one right there that we're seeing. You want to talk about pulling a cornerback way inside. Asante Samuel almost got and hit his head on the goalpost because a great head fake by Marvin there had him falling down to the ground on the inside. And then the 39-yarder Zay. That Beautiful. was a great check by Trevor. Beautiful. He saw something in the coverage, checked to this play, and got Zay behind Derwin James on that left side. And you needed a chunk play score somewhere in the second half to make all of this possible. And bam, Zay Jones for 39 yards. And then the one to Christian Kirk for nine yards. Okay, you want to talk about boxing a guy out? Christian Kirk literally slows down a little bit. Has First of all, he's got a great route. Gets good separation, but then he uses his body to kind of shield the defender away from making a play on the ball. You see how he slows down a yeah. little bit there? Slows yeah. down just enough to make sure that the defender can't go through. And then if the defender does hit him, he will get an interference call mm-hmm. and get first and goal at the one. I mean, so all of these plays were just tremendous. And, of course, Trevor making it up as he goes with the leaping <laughs> Superman yeah. quarterback sneak on the two-point conversion. And then on the drive, the fourth and one. I mean, just so many great plays and great efforts and great individual plays to speak of. And it was uh, it was a game for the ages. There's no doubt. All right, let's move it ahead now to Kansas City. Week ten at Arrowhead. Christian Kirk had 12 targets, nine catches, 105 through the air, and two touchdowns leading the way. Um, 
Can you expect that again? Yes. What's the What's the matchup this yes. week? Yes. I think I think I think he will have an opportunity at another big game because Kansas City likes to play aggressive. Okay, Spags, Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, likes to play man, likes to be aggressive, and I don't think Kansas City has anybody that can cover him. I don't. Especially if you don't get hands on him quick. They didn't cover him last time. Right. So what are they going to do this time? I don't know. I think they're going to maybe mix it up a little bit, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I think Christian's going to be a guy that you can go to. I think Evan is going to have his handful with those two linebackers. They're, they're pretty good. And, uh, but I think Christian's going to be able to have a, have a good day. I think Zay will have some opportunities as well. You just want the offense to stay aggressive and have balance as well because every offense has a great opportunity to put a lot of points on the board when you got balance. If you got balance and a running game to go with a great performance by your quarterback, you know, because I think you're going to have to score 30 plus, you know, against this Chiefs team to be able to win it because, look, they're the number one scoring team in, in the National Football League. They're the number one offense in the National Football League. They're the number one passing offense, I believe, in the National Football League. I mean, they're all of that and more. So you got to be ready. It is time now for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have breaking news. The game status is in. Status C's, status stati, whatever they're called, the statuses are in. And the Chiefs have one player out for the game, Miko Hardman, wide receiver with a pelvis injury. Has not practiced all week. He, he is hasn't played out. in a long time either. He's out. Yeah, he didn't play the last time against the Jaguars. He's been out like almost the entire season. He's out of this game. That's all we care about. Yeah, which is right good. I mean, gone. it's like I hope he's okay and he gets healthy. That's, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, three other guys on the list this week: Frank Clark, defensive end with a groin issue, limited Tuesday, Wednesday, full today. He's off the report. He'll play. Sky Moore, wide receiver, hand injury, full all week. He'll play. Legarius Sneed, cornerback, hip injury, full all week. He'll play. The Jaguars have six players on the list. They are all questionable for the game, Logs. Yeah, like they have been the last two. Correct. Kendrick Pryor with the shoulder issue. Trevor Lawrence with the toe, of course. Jamal Agnew with the shoulder issue. Ross Matisic with a back issue. Brandon Sheriff with the abdomen. And Luke Fortner with a back issue was on the list this week for the first time. Limited all week, but questionable for the game. Those are the statuses, and you can expect most of those guys, if not all, to suit up and play. Well, you hope. You hope. I mean, it's the, you know, the Jaguars football it's team. Playoff football, man. Uh, yeah, you're you're going to make it happen. I mean, if you're banged up a little bit, you're going to be banged up for a little bit. It's just kind of the nature of the business. But uh, this team's been pretty healthy all year. Pretty pretty fortunate to have the health level that they've had. And I know that there's been significant losses with Smoot and Cam Robinson and Ben Barch and and those hurt. Uh, I get that. But uh, you know, if you compared the Jaguars to a lot of other teams, as far as number of games lost with starters this year, uh, I mean, it would probably pale in comparison to some of the teams that they've played recently, especially Tennessee. I mean, know. the Jaguars used the fewest amount of players in the league this year. 61 players saw the field. Yeah, that's, And that's on the other impressive. side, you mentioned Tennessee. They had the most. 86 players mm-hmm. played. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a, good, a sign of good health. You know, it, it's a lot of luck involved. But also a credit to the players for for getting their bodies ready for the rigors. But again, that is a lot of good fortune and luck. Staff helping them out, obviously. Uh, Fergie and the oh, crew yeah. down there do a great Fergie, job. To help I mean, out. all you know the, the training staff, the strength conditioning staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those people play a significant role in players' health and the ability of, of players' availability. But. Uh, 
know, and that's awesome. You know, they they the one thing that the Jaguars have right is the 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 strength training, the the rehab, the training room, and that right there has been, I mean, perfect this year. And then last year, it was uh, it was pretty good too. Coming up tonight at Strings, it's Jags All Access on Fox Thirty. What do you got tonight, um, Josh Allen? I think we got some specialists tonight. Oh, they always draw a crowd. I think. I think. I'm not positive on that. I think that's the case. I yes. think we got some specialists. I was going to say you have the specialists tonight, but I was going to let you lead into it. We got yes. we, the game winners. All of them are there. Ross Matisik, uh, Logan Cook, the punter and holder, of course, and uh, Riley Patterson, and the one who kicked it through. Love it. Love it. Yeah, That's so it. what time? Seven o'clock, right? Uh, seven o'clock at Strings. I was there and, last week, man. And, cool. uh, and Brent Martineau. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. He's kinda, a big draw. Kind of a big deal. Big, big deal. What do you want to hear from Doug Peterson coming up on his radio program moments from now? Well, I want to have a little flashback to the game, you know, and, and uh, we were just talking about how we took a, a bit of time to kind of wind down from the game, you know, and ask him what it was like for him. And, uh, you know, the game, some of the play calling that he had in that game, and talk about the sneak or the, 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 the Superman thing, yeah. you know, how did that go? And what did you think about that? I mean, it's look, uh, there's, there's a lot of things. Also, Kansas City, Andy Reid. Yeah, all that. I love that stuff, man. Yeah, I've gone back a long way. Great storyline right there. You know, having Doug having played for Andy Reid uh, uh, with Philadelphia and then and coaching with him before, was his offensive coordinator in Kansas City. It, uh, I think games like this, when you compete against people you know, it makes it even more intense. They've done it once this year. Uh, Doug has not gotten him yet, 0 for 2 against Andy Reid, and maybe that'll change this week too. I hope it does. I hope it does. Look, uh, look the, D- Doug and his coaching staff have been grinding all week. They're trying to put the players in the best position that they can. What will be interesting is what kind of wrinkles – Will be will be shown in this game. Might Doug have a wrinkle? I'm sure he usually does. Andy Reid might have a wrinkle. I'm sure he has a handful of them. That's and his mo. Could some of them wrinkles originated from the other coach? Hmm. That would be kind of sticking it. To do the, the guy Jaguars a do a ring around the huddle thing? Before? I don't know. I mean, come on. I don't know. Let's go. Maybe opening kickoff onside kick again. Why not? Maybe. Can't do that again. Yeah, and here's the thing, JP. You think that that's like the last thing that they're going to do, right? If you're Kansas City, there's no way. They're never going to do it twice. Never going to do it again. We're not worried about that. And then do it. All right, coming up, the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the head coach in just moments. Thank you for listening to Jaguars Happy Hour on Jaguars Radio.